This program is presented by a community producer through Midland Community Television. The City of Midland and MCTV are not responsible for the content of the program. The views presented do not necessarily represent those of the City of Midland or MCTV. If you would like to produce your own program, contact MCTV at 837-3474 or access our website, cityofmidlandmi.gov slash MCTV. We hope you enjoy the following presentation. Local productions on QTV are made possible with support from viewers like you. Thank you. Hello everyone, welcome to Junior Doan's The Spark. I'm Junior Doan and thank you for joining me. Today I'm with event planner Jim Barker, founder of Midland Impressions, who has created events such as the Circle Wine Garden and the Midland Food Truck Festivals that help fund charities. Welcome, Jim. Tell me about the concept. Um, my, I have a new business that I've started here in Midland called Midland Impressions, and the idea is to do business, uh, do events and activities that help nonprofits raise money for their causes, but then also do fun and unusual events here in Midland. And how do you make any money from that? There are ways to do that through sponsorship and through um, you know various activities. So in Michigan, with the Liquor Commission laws, um, the nonprofits are allowed to do up to twelve events per or twelve events a year that involve alcohol. So they can actually get a one-day license and actually sell alcohol to the public and do a little beer event or wine event. And so um, th that money has to go to the nonprofit. But there's other activities that are around these events, such as sponsorship and advertising and people who want to businesses be associated with it, that there are opportunities for me to uh, recoup my cost and, and my expenses. Oh, interesting. Oh, interesting. Now, does that license and cover covers all alcohol or just beer uh, and wine? It's mainly beer and wine. I mean, I, most people leave the hard liquor up to bars. I mean, you're not going to be outside drinking shots of anything with tequila. So I think most people enjoy the, the simplicity of wine, beer, and cider. And cider is huge. So, um, so cider, hard cider, cider? Hard or cider is, from 10 years ago, there was woodchuck cider on the market, and now there's thousands on the market. You know, every state has people making cider and mead and, and all sorts of things. So it's been an, an exciting time to be part of the industry because people are just, craft is everything. Craft wine, craft beer, craft spirits, craft cider. So while you were in Washington, you did similar events, yes? Yes, um, I had a nonprofit called the Washington Wine Academy and we did wine education, beer education, whiskey education, but then I also was doing about 100 to 150 events a year from private events for the high-powered law firms come in and I'd do events for their um, clients and their staff or we would do outdoor wine and beer events with live music and um, 
food trucks and you know just a wide variety of festivals cruises on the Potomac River where people could uh, see the sites and have wine and beer a, a wide variety of things were you a one-man shop I was a one-man shop and um, the reality is it got to the point that I, I realized that I asked myself where I wanted to be in five years and Washington wasn't on the list most people live in Washington about five years I made it 26 so I did substantially above the average and I did so many amazing things that I felt that you know it was time to go do something else but I loved what I did and so instead of being my own charity which I was my own nonprofit back in Virginia in Michigan I'm focusing on helping other nonprofits and um, it gives me a lot more breadth of variety to do kind of new and exciting events but still my passion of doing fun events. Are any of the events transferable that you tried in Washington to here or the cultures? Uh, there are a few. I mean the, 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 the one that comes to mind is the food truck festival. So I launched an event in May called the Midland Food Truck Festival. Um, yeah, Frank, I love the idea. Frankenmuth has one that's getting five to seven thousand people once a month on a Thursday afternoon evening. And Midland has um, you know obviously enough people in the area from Saginaw Bay City and people who are north of yes. the area. Um, so I launched a festival with music and, and we have about a dozen to 14 food trucks with a combination of variety of foods and desserts. We put out colorful Adirondack chairs and seating and um, bring in some other vendors and it's just been really, really well received. So by next summer I'm hoping we're going to have the, you know, two and three thousand people ourselves at our event here in Midland. Are the food trucks local or from some, abroad? Or some are local um, and some are they come as far as I've had them come from Traverse City. I've had them come from Lansing. Uh, we had a paella group come from Lansing a couple of times. <laughs> it just did unbelievably well. But they made you know Spanish paella and the big, the yes. big cauldrons of uh, stuff, and they were very, uh, very popular. Everyone standing in line. But you know they're they're all over the place. But there are a lot so, of them here in the area. Yeah. So I hear in you an entrepreneurial, but um, talent. I would say that um, I'm one of these folks that never really had a, a standard job in high school or college where I worked at a store. The first time I ever touched a cash register was the night before I opened my first wine shop and I actually had to figure out how to use a cash register. <laughs> so um, I've been entrepreneurial based for years and years. Uh, I went to Northwood, we had a, a business degree. I've never really been the person to have a boss telling me what to do every minute of every day. I've, I've enjoyed the um, freedom of having opportunities that that I can showcase my abilities and entrepreneurial spirit. Have you ever been worried <laughs> that uh, you well, would come uh, through, especially in the beginning? The, the challenge is when you're self-employed, that means you are in charge of your own paycheck. Um, and I learned in Washington, one of the reasons I decided to to pack it up and come back to Midland, when I was born and raised here obviously, is that everybody else gets paid before you. And I had leases, and I had a lease in the most expensive building in the county, you know, in Arlington County, one of the richest counties in the United States. Um, I had multiple leases and buildings, and I had multiple $5 million insurance policies. They wouldn't let me combine them because they just were slightly different, so I had to keep things different. So every time I turned around, it was just, it was so expensive and starting to become even more expensive. Right before I left, they changed the free parking on the National Mall to metered parking and then I decided you know it's it's starting to become not as fun as it used to be. Yes and what did, when you first came to Washington what was the town like and what did it change over those well, more I, than a quarter of a century? I mean you used to drive in front of the White House 
You know, it yes. just, I mean, my way home was I would cut up 14th Street, cut across H, cut across the front of the White House, and then, sh you know, it was just a common way home. And so, obviously, with, with time, things change. With 9-11, things changed. Uh, but it definitely was a lot more fun in the early years when you could pull up in front of a building and leave your car and not worry about being shredded by a big truck or something or removed or towed. Um, so that, so about the, the pace of life got a lot more frenetic and and everything was just more expensive. They started emailing or mailing everyone tickets. So they set the, the speed limits in the tunnels at 25 miles an hour. So anyone going more than 30 miles an hour, they would just start just mailing tickets as fast as they could. And that's that was just kind of unfair. Unfair. You know, but it's a, it was just a, a mentality everywhere, everywhere. And what did you find when you came back to Midland after 26 years? Um, I mean, years? it's exciting. As, with as the culture. As the culture. I mean, th it, it is, Midland has definitely changed. I mean, I knew that when I left, um, graduated out of Northwood, that I wasn't going to stay in Midland. I knew I wanted to go somewhere else, that Midland wasn't big enough for me. And now it's perfectly big and perfectly happy, and there's so much happening with um, you know, the loons and all the, all the different activities, and there's so much happening with you know, the canopy walk and, and, there, and, and concerts and events that Midland is not what it was even five years ago. So Interesting. It, it, is a, it is a lot more um, palatable now than it was you know, growing up here. As you thought about different areas of town to settle for the business? Uh, I, I, there's so much happening in downtown, even though I appreciate and, and, and you know, do things downtown. I've, I've been focusing more on Center City, which is an area that does not get as much attention as everything else. In fact, when I um, presented the event called the Circle Wine Garden, which is just an outdoor wine and beer event with music and food trucks to the city council. Um, they were, I think, kind of shocked that I wanted to do it on a quadrant of the circle that's just kind of sitting there that nothing had really been done there. You know, a couple of events in 10 years, and that's about it. But nothing had been done there. Uh, and it was just kind of a wasted opportunity to not have something in our historic center of the city, which is the old Ashman Circle. Yes. Yeah. Had you considered any other parts of town? Uh, our food truck event is actually over closer to the Midland Town Center, which is actually behind um, uh, the kind of closer to US 10, closer to Dow Chemical. And it's basically a, a giant parking lot where Lasco's and Cafe American is. There's a corner of grass on the corner where they sell Christmas trees yes. in the wintertime. There are a thousand parking spots in that lot, and it's absolute perfect event for a food truck festival. So it sounds like to me that you have both a creative side and a very practical side. I do, and I also want to help. I want to make a difference. You know, I don't want to just, just when I, like when I moved to Washington, D.C., I didn't fall into politics. I wanted to be behind the scenes doing things that makes the city move ahead. And I think that I, I altered the wine industry in D.C. because of the sheer number of super high um, wine certification classes we offered students and gave them a venue to really make Washington a wine town. And then same thing here. I don't want to just quietly sit and do nothing. I want to. I want to have my activities make a difference in town, which I think I have. What makes a difference to you when you say you want to make a difference? Um, the thing that I find most fascinating about this, this last season is the number of people who walk up to me and, and they don't say, hey, thanks for doing the event. They'll say, thank you for doing this event. I mean, they pause and they have inflection and they have, they have more meaning than just saying, thanks for doing it. And that genuinely tells me that the community 
appreciates my efforts. And so what kind of ideas do you have that are immediately not doable, I don't exactly, would be the next series of steps? Because you just have so many projects, I, I would guess. I, I do. I've got, a, I've got a few in the, in, the, in the works that I think would be really exciting for Midland. I'm not ready to talk about it yet, but, but I think that it, it would be a chance to um, really make a difference and help you know, a number of small businesses, help a number of smaller companies. Um, and it, it basically, again, make something that people come up there and go, this is Midland, we have this, this is amazing. So um, you need parking, free parking. Yes. You need accessibility. Mm -hmm. You need space. How did the city help you? Um, the city has been bending over backwards. They, oh. have, they were um, from every time that I've submitted an event to them. Um, it was funny, the first time I submitted an event, I did what I normally do, which is I submitted a white paper. A white paper says, here's the event, here's the title, here's the hours, here's every detail from the bathrooms to the insurance <laughs> to the liquor license to the trash to security to every aspect. And I sat down in a room with about nine or ten people from different departments in the city after I submitted my application, handed them this white paper, they all read through it, and then there was kind of silence. <laughs> you did it so thoroughly. I, I, think, I think I answered their questions. I let them know that I had done this before. Um, but the city has been very, very supportive. Um, even most recently, the Chili and Salsa Cook-Off, which is an event they've done for 20 years. They decided, I've gone to it, yeah. They decided that they wanted to kind of back off and make a change and not hold the event anymore like it was traditionally held. So I went in there, offered to kind of take over the event, and we utilized Midland Morning Rotary. And they're yeah, doing great. childhood early education to try to um, raise funds for allowing younger kids to go to preschool in Midland County. And so we did an event um, at the farmer's market, um, which we closed it off. We brought in fencing, we brought in music, we brought in tents and tables and had seating for 100, had 100 Adirondack chairs and, and had um, chili and salsa and barbecue. And ironically enough, when I asked the fire marshal, I said, you know, how many people can we have down here? He goes, I don't know, no one's done an event <laughs> Nobody had ever closed off the farmer's market and done an event, which I thought was like, this is such a cool space. It turned out to be a phenomenal event and a yeah. great space. Missed opportunity. For them, for them. Yes. So I'm excited about doing more things there. So really it sounds like to me, you, it's the experience you create because it's not just the food and it's just not sitting around, it's music. Right. And it's, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's like you're part of a theatrical experience. Well, you know, I always say- A social experience. I always say that the most valuable thing people have is their time and yes. how they decide to use and utilize their time. So if you are gonna create an experience that's worth their time and they wanna come back and then they get on their little social media phones and tell people, hey, we're down at this event, come on down here, then we know that we're succeeding. But you have to do something that's worth their time and not you know, have them come in. I want them to come in, look around and go, where did this come from? Which is you know, kind of a fun goal of my own. So how do you get them in for the first time? Facebook. Um, it's Facebook? very, very tough to figure out how in this day and age um, you, know, you, can, you can put posters out there, you can talk to people, you can put an ad in the newspaper, but the reality is Facebook and do some Facebook boosting of ads where you put a, put a $40 budget or something is how you get people to come to these events. And everybody starts sharing it, they start posting it to their own friends, their own pages, and that's the secret to how you get people to come to a new event. Interesting. For a startup. For a startup, yep. Oh, interesting. And what do you find? Is there an age group you target? Um, I would say that all my events typically would be, I would definitely say it skews towards older. 
you know, we have the successful Larkin Beer Garden downtown in Midland that happens every Thursday and Friday in the summertime, and I think they are more skewed towards college age and millennials per se. And mine is more people who want to have a chair to sit in and they want to sit underneath some shade. <laughs> and they, you know, it, it's more low key and more spread out. And I think though it does tend to trend, you know, older, which is which is great because I've had people that I haven't seen in years walk up to me, and you know from my old dentist to my old vet veterinarian who's, you know, just who walk up and say that, you know, they're here, I get to see them again. So it's kind of a fun excuse to, nice. to have them come to my event. Yes, so what have you learned? You've been here a couple of years now. Going, yeah, three, just going on three years. My first year, I spent the entire year shutting down my businesses. I spent 18 round trips going back to Washington wow. to, to divest myself and close and sell and get rid of, and I, you know, kind of, came back here to start over something new and fresh. But I mean, I, I, I appreciate the mentality here. I appreciate the pace of life. There's enough going on that's exciting, but I also get to ride my bike now. I hadn't ridden a bicycle in five years. And I realized that I because can't- Because you were working too hard? I, yeah, working too hard, or just the, the, the pace of life. It's, you know, there's too many cars and too much traffic. You don't feel like you want to do that. So, you know, here I get to enjoy myself sit by a, a fire pit in the backyard enjoying a, a, you know, a fire any night of the week and, and then still be able to do what I love to do, which is you know, put on these events. Would you change what you did in Washington and made it site specific here? Um, I think it's, I, I've learned a few things. Like I did, an, I did an event every Wednesday here in Midland on the Ashman Circle and I think that that was probably too many, too many Wednesdays people said, well, I'll just go next week or I'll go next oh. week. So, our numbers were, were, were good certain days. If the weather was at all questionable, it just, psh, nobody showed yes. up. And so I think that I will make some changes next year based on what I've learned in the past of you know, realizing that you know, we have 40,000 people here. We don't have the audience I had in Washington. Interesting. So you'd reduce the, the number of times on Wednesday, Wednesday, once my, a month my or twice a month? My plan is next year, I think we're going we're gonna to target like a first Friday and make it a much bigger event. Um, I have a, a charity I work with called the, the Midland Volunteers for Recycling, which they're the ones that they located out the landfill. They're not part of the city. They don't get money from the city, but they're the place you take hard to recycle items, such as styrofoam or electronics or anything huh. strange. So I joined their board and they have been my, my kind of charity that I've been using. So I would rather do one event per month and make it much larger. The amount of work it takes for whether there's 50 people there or 500, it's the same amount of work. So it's, I'd rather have 500, it's more fun. So and you want to start something on Saturdays at the... At the uh Looking, looking to yeah, to do some events in um, downtown Midland um, and see if we can utilize the new space they're building underneath the uh, Poseyville Bridge, the new event space that's going to tie the baseball stadium to downtown, kind of be the, the conduit that moves people through that area. So we're in discussions about how to make events like that happen, which I'm excited about. Are they going to hire you? I'm not sure. We're meeting tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. <laughs> so. <laughs> But I mean, I, I'm excited to what I can bring to the table because I think I can I can bring a little less c commercialism or, or you know have something look a little more um, fun and, and kind of you know I, my events are very colorful. We have colorful tents, we have colorful chairs, we have everything is bright colors. So there's a certain air of festiveness, you know, versus white tents. They're all bright colored tents. What do people respond to in color? Um, have I think you the found? energy, the energy you create. Um, I think people. If you have bright colored tents that are 
fun versus white tents. I think people have no choice but look at it and just have an automatic uptick in their energy level, just like this is fun. Yeah. How do you keep your own energy up? Somebody asked me this. So they say that you, you, you're going nonstop. It's like, well, you have to get it done. You know, when yeah. you're doing setup for an event or you're doing breakdown, from the time you start to the time you finish, you just have to keep going. And, and I enjoy setting up the event, being able to relax during the event, talk to people, and then the breakdown, you know, making it as quick and easy as possible. But it takes work. You know, people don't realize that when you start, there's nothing there. When you leave at night, there's nothing there. Everything has to come in, everything has to go. So it is a process, but, I, so but I'm good at it. So do you have two sides to your personality, the extrovert and the quiet side? Absolutely, when it comes to events, I think I'm, I'm because I'm running the event, I, I'm glad to be the extrovert, but if you ask me to walk into a networking event of people, I'm the introvert. Yeah. Even though I might have interesting things to say, I just, I, the, the walking into a group of people terrifies me, but I can do things for hundreds and thousands of people and be perfectly happy. So it's just the kind of the, the mood. So my events, I want to create an ambiance or an air where people can show up and feel relaxed and not feel like it's a networking event where you have to stress about talking to people. Yes. What what makes people feel relaxed at, um, a, at a social just, event? Just the like low it. key, the low key atmosphere, and and you know um, spreading things out a little bit, um, having chairs for people to sit. People bring in chairs. My circle event, people ride bikes in. They, <laughs> they come in with their, their dogs, their kids. We have bounce houses in the summertime. So these flocks and flocks of little kids come running in with their parents. And the parents can set up chairs, watch the kids, enjoy the music, have a glass of wine or a beer. And the kids are having a great time. So it's, it's about creating kind of a community event where people look around and go, this is fun. We put up bright colored flags around the perimeter. Nice. Fifteen foot flags that are like nice and colorful that people drive by and they're like something fun's going on. Something fun's going on. And you have welcoming. a tremendous work ethic. I think I do. I think I've had that since I was a small child. Tell you me know. about it. I think uh, one of my best friends in the fifth grade. I remember going over to his house. His parents were leaving for the day. Instead of getting into mis mischievous nature of things we could have done, we reorganized his wood pile and cleaned his garage. But it was like. It, that was like a like a memory of like I've always been kind of industrious like that, and physically strong. It, you have to be physically strong, and or at least willing to try or willing to do it. You Were know, there any family characteristics or Midland characteristics that you took to Washington with you, um, attitude-wise? The, the Midwest, the Midwest work ethic. Um, I had the worst time trying to get people to work. You know, I would <laughs> do events in the evenings. And by 9 o'clock, they're petered out. And you don't realize that these events, you're in the, you may be at the Ritz-Carlton, but you're in the hallways of the back hallways of the Ritz-Carlton hauling things to the loading dock. And I think some people assume that when you do events, other people do that work. <laughs> and there is no other people to do that work. You have to be in charge from beginning to end. And I found people just wanted to have the, the, the beautiful side of things, but not have the work side. And in know? Midland? Uh, in Midland, the work ethic has been much better. I've had some phenomenal people. The Midland, Midland Recyclers have the most amazing volunteers. They will jump in and help with setup. And after the event, they stay until every last chair is put away, every, all the fencing. We have to put up fencing. We have to put up everything. We have to put up barriers to block the road. Um, and the volunteers are amazing here. So yes, there is a work ethic here that does, did not translate to DC. Is there a higher or lower level of regulation? Um, 
About the same. I mean, the, the, the thing is with the liquor commissions and the city of you know, Midland and all that, you just follow the rules. You know, if they want their certificate of insurance, you give them their certificate of insurance. If they want you to follow the rules for the liquor commission, you follow the rules. You know, I, I did, I've uh, done almost 30 events and um, I've never had the police show up. You know, there was one time that, the, uh, that we had a, a DJ who was playing music a little too loud and they got a noise complaint, they showed up, but otherwise, the police drive on by, they don't stop. In Washington, they used to drive on by, and I finally asked a police officer once, I said, I have 800 to 1,000 people here, and I've never seen you guys here. You don't <laughs> ride up on bikes, you don't, you don't drive by slowly, you don't stop and get out. He goes, oh, we don't worry about you. We focused on other parts of the county. So I actually had a reputation with the police department, as well as the liquor commission, that they didn't have to worry about me. And that's obviously, you know, what I want to do here. You need to follow the rules. How, how do you make a reputation when you're just starting in a place? Follow the rules. Follow the rules and, and let people know that you know what you're doing. You know, the, again, the, the presenting all of these events that I presented to the city, it's obvious that they know that I've done this before and that I've thought about anything that could go wrong. Um, one of the city council members said to me, well, what if more people show up, what will you do? I said, we will make a change on the fly. You know, if, if, if the safety is of utmost concern, if we have to make a, a quick decision to make some sort of a change, we'll make it immediately. And a lot of organizations don't have the initiative or the ability to make quick changes, and you have to make quick changes. Interesting. Uh, I, I really find that interesting. So if you got an unruly couple or whatever, how would you handle it? Um, that has happened before. We had a gentleman in Washington who was a, an airline pilot who showed up at our event and he had been drinking at a local bar before he showed up and, and you know, you have to just be very polite and firm to them and, and, and I do not have discussions with people who have been drinking too much. And it's usually not from my event, it's usually said to other people, but you don't try to have a discussion with them because it's impossible. Um, you just tell them what's going to happen and then give them the choice of whether they want to go along with you or not. What choice would you explain to them? Um, my favorite choice was I told a, 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 a retired general um, out of the Air Force wearing all sorts of, you know, he, he was obviously a, a, a really esteemed individual, you know, and has served his, his country well, but he had a little bit too much to drink, and I turned to his wife and said, you have 30 seconds to get him off this property. And he's like, you don't have the authority to do that. And I'm like, I absolutely do. And I turned to his wife and said, 30 seconds. And she grabbed him by the ear, <laughs> she dragged him off that property, and he was gone. So um, you, you just have to be nice to people, but you know. It, I also don't create environments where people typically want to cause trouble. Yes. Or they, you know, they, they look around and go, we're not gonna cause trouble here. Thank you. So we've learned a great deal today. First of all, <laughs> know thyself, and know that you have, in his case, a very structured approach to life, but also he's married internally to an imaginative side and early on he recognized he didn't want to be anybody's employee so he had to find a milieu to to be his own boss and take the risk of building a business which is no easy thing he makes it sound really easy but it, it isn't a lot of a lot of challenge in there however he has developed a formula in Washington and uh, maybe the irritations, maybe whatever changed city, he came back here, which is a great benefit to Midland, but also to himself, because he found out he's something of a different person. The, when he went to Washington, it was all about a bigger place, you know, more going on, building a life, and then 
this is different here. So he found it's a growing city. So thank you for tuning in. Be kind, do something for someone else, and I'll see you next week. Thank you, Jim. That was. To contact Junia, send her an email at juniadonesthespark at gmail.com. For more information, program schedules, and news about future guests, go to www.juniadonethespark.com. Thank you for joining us. See you next time on Junia Dones the Spark. Local productions on QTV are made possible with support from viewers like you. Thank you. This program is presented by a community producer through Midland Community Television. The City of Midland and MCTV are not responsible for the content of the program. The views presented do not necessarily represent those of the City of Midland or MCTV. If you would like to produce your own program, contact MCTV at 837-3474 or access our website, cityofmidlandmi.gov. MCTV.